what is shorter, Gabe? That intro or my um my facial hair? What's going on? <laughs> no, the 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 um what what fuck word am I looking for? The uh the fuse on the explosive that leads to me blowing up my fandom <laughs> for the White Sox. Which what's, what's shorter? I'm dude. I am. I'm mad. About what? About what? You let Jose Abreu, the leader of your franchise, the cornerstone of your, of your foundation, the everything that you've been, you let him walk away. You 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 put mediocre players around him for nine fucking years, and then you let him go to the goddamn Astros, who are going to be raising their championship banner and getting their rings on opening day, March thirty first, twenty twenty three, against you. Jose Abreu will be standing there on the fucking sideline watching it happen. You let yeah. that happen. Grand, 60 million over three years for somebody who's, thir- what is he, 37, 38, whatever he is. Could it, be older. You never know. It's too much money. It's too much money. But I, I've, I've about had it. Tell me more about this had it with the team thing though. this is the outsiders 678 podcast uh my name is shane reardon that's gabe ramirez you could find him on social chicago underscore gabe, myself at Shane underscore reardon and shane's meet on instagram um thanks for listening uh i feel like we've had these conversations and i felt like you you were completely understanding of, of there being this this clog in that first base DH kind of situation and something needed to happen. And then you, you, I felt like you understood and knew that that was the path that we were going down where Jose O'Brien wasn't going to be on the team. It's right baseball move, but my anger is more so directed at a complete waste of nine years. Ah, okay. Complete waste of nine years. You, You did absolutely nothing to give Jose Abreu the world when that's exactly what he did for you. Yeah. He gave you the world. I, I definitely was like, he's definitely going to hit, you know, obviously last year was the lowest amount of home runs he'd hit in his career. He's definitely going to come back and hit 20 something when guys are just, you know, he's in the middle of the lineup. He's, he's definitely going to get close to a hundred RBIs again. I mean, he's going to be in those positions because he's a 300 hitter. Right. And that's what you're going to get. That's what they know they're getting from Jose Abreu, a guy that's super consistent, but, isn't that who the Astros always go get anyway, right? Whether it's like Michael Brantley or you know, just it's clean guys put put the put the bat on the ball, make make contact, and guys that could do damage. I mean, it's going to be disgusting watching Jose Abreu be successful over there. Yeah, that's exactly what the Astros do, and that's what I want the White Sox to do. That that that's what I'm saying here. They're doing it right. They're going out spending money, even though it might be too much. To give themselves the best opportunity to win baseball games, right? The White Sox don't do that. They just gave twelve million dollars to a guy who's won nine games in two years, coming off second Tommy John, (laughs) who lost five miles an hour on his fastball, who's a club cancer, who lied during COVID and put his sick manager in danger by going out with fucking Zach Plesac when he was an Indian. And and come up in during the height of COVID and lied to the entire clubhouse about where he was. Twelve million dollars, 
to Mike Clevenger <laughs> to your fifth starter. Yeah, that was, was weird. You know, man, you know how I stand up for Rick Hahn, how I, how I stand up for this organization. But what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it just seems like they just, you're right. I mean, it's the inability to spend money, right, big money. Because if you look at the Astros, right, I think the Jose Abreu signing put them at like $175 million, Where you know the White Sox are below, like below 100 or always living in that space, right? And so you're talking about that that amount of money that they just don't want to spend, and it's consistent. We, we know it. You cheer for the guys that they got, but in terms of making good business, good baseball decisions, right? That's not something that we've seen consistently on the south side of Chicago, and that's the that's where I share in your frustration. I'm like, all right, they're not making the, the best moves, but I'm also big on like, all right, but let's see if they were the right moves because Rick Hahn has had some off seasons, right? Where he's let's say like in those rebuilding years where. He was getting middle relievers on one-year contracts that he knew he was going to be able to flip for young talent, right? Like he, even though he was signing guys and making moves, he was thinking ahead. And so, you know, we we, we gotta, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt in those situations, especially because he, we know he's his hands are tied in terms of the amount of money he can give up. Look at me being the apologist. What's going on here? What's what is going on in this podcast right now? Yeah, I'm not supposed to be the angry one at this organization. I'm supposed to be the one that follows them blindly and makes any excuse for Rick Hahn that I possibly can. It's it's supposed to be your job to to tell me that that they're fought up and and I've got no business putting as much time, effort, and money into this organization as I do. That's what you're supposed to be doing for me here. You're supposed to be, when I go off like that, in in my anger about losing the – cornerstone piece of this current current version of the White Sox, they're right. supposed to tell me, yeah, man, you're right. I agree with you. This is this is not it. That's what I really want to say. This is this is not it. Somebody um somebody posted a tweet. This was I was just reading it and I ended up following this dude. Uh and it was about Andrew Vaughn and and his play. It goes uh he goes all Andrew Vaughn has to do now is never miss a game, play good defense, have a very high base running IQ, be a mentor to all the young guys, get more amazing keeper prospects and sign with the White Sox, hit for power, and hit 300. Boom, easy peasy. Done. <laughs> Sports by Rick on Twitter. <laughs> that was great because they're like, oh, oh shit, he's right. I mean, <laughs> you're right. You're we have been talking there. about it. We've been talking about it for – six months now that you can't go through another season of Gab Sheets and Andrew Vaughn together in the outfield. Like you can go through a season. Huh? I said, please don't make me go through that. No, it's this had to be done, but that's not where my anger is. Khan and Kenny Williams put themselves in this position. They put themselves in a position to have to let Jose Abreu walk. Right. They, they did that to themselves. And you can get away with Andrew Vaughn playing left field. And Carlos Quinton played left field. Scott Pitsedney played left field for a World Series team. Like, But you can't get away with Gavin Sheets in right field again for an entire year. You just can't. So it had to be done, and it's, and it's sad. And I feel like, man, what can I compare this to? This is going to be a really stupid comparison because – they ended up getting back one of the best players to ever play the game in this trade. But 
in 2006 when White Sox traded away Aaron Rowan on Thanksgiving Day for Jim Tomey, um, I was heartbroken. I think I've told that story on this podcast before. I was absolutely heartbroken that the White Sox got rid of my favorite player, Aaron Rowan, um, for Jim Tomey. That's how I felt yesterday when I'm sitting in the pre-show meeting with Parkinson, Speaks, and Tanny, and the news comes across from that stupid fuck Bob Nightingale that Jose Abreu was close to finalizing a, a deal with the Astros. I- I'm having a hard time reasoning with myself as like an adult because yeah. I know how I should handle this. Right. I know my baseball mind says, yes, this is what has to be done, but I can't, I can't justify it for some reason. I can't justify the feeling. Yeah. It, it's funny. It's, it, it's like, uh, you know, when you're young, when you're, when you're super young and someone passes, you know, around you, you don't think much of it. Then you get a little older and it happens and, and it affects you when you're, you know, you're finally an adult because you, you actually knew that person. I, I know that person. Hold on, I had a relationship with that person. So losing them at that age is a little different. And I think it's kind of like that with baseball, right? Where you've seen guys leave the White Sox. Yeah, that's what happens. But then now you're an adult and and, and, and then you're like, okay, you can't, why are you letting go of Paul Canerco? Why are you letting go of Frank Thomas, right? Like we were so young back then you know what I'm saying? Seeing seeing those guys go and you see them go now and it just it just hits a little different, man. Jose Abreu, I mean, like you said, you know, all those years on this team, especially when they were having bad years, he was something that you could look forward to, someone you could look forward to cheering for, knowing he was going to come through. It's like he was your guy, you know, in all those situations. He was the consistent person that was there. And like you said, to see him build to this point where the, he was supposed to be a part, kind of like Frank Thomas too, right? I mean, like it was built to a point and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, nah, we're, we're, we're straight. We're, we're, we're going to do something else. So, I don't now, know, man. I, I don't want White Sox fans to get their hopes up because th- there's going to be a, a, a strong contingent of fans that think, okay, so this is what's going to happen now. Eloy Jimenez is going to be 100% okay DHing, and he's going to get rid of the ego that makes him believe that he should be playing an outfield position. So, Eloy will DH. They're going to either trade Gavin Sheets or he's going to play on the bench. He's going to be a bench guy. Um, and Andrew Vaughn's going to play first base. It's not going to happen. Uh, Andrew Vaughn will still play the majority of innings in left field. Gavin Sheets will still get a ton of time starting at first base and in right field. Eloy Jimenez will DH half the time and play left field for the days that Andrew Vaughn or Gavin Sheets doesn't. The White Sox are not going to go out and trade for a power left-handed hitting right fielder or left fielder. The White Sox are not going to go out and trade a second baseman. They're not going to do what they have to do to make the right deal to get Max Kepler and Nick Gordon from the Minnesota Twins. None of that is going to happen because they don't spend money and they don't have the assets to, to accomplish truly upgrading their team. What they're going to do is Oscar Colas, like I said, six months ago on this podcast, will get the opportunity in spring training to open the season as the starting right fielder. That's going to be their addition. They're going to add Oscar Cole to the major league roster, and they're going to hope that Louis Robert, Floyd Jimenez, Tim Anderson stay healthy. They're going to hope as Monty Grandal figures it out because they're not going to cut $17 million. They're not going to eat $17 million and let Yasmani Grandal walk. He's going to have to play a lot of first base too. Because when the guy catches a fucking day game on a Tuesday, for some reason he can't catch the next day next night game on a fucking Wednesday. He can't catch right. two days in a row. So he's going to need a lot of things in first base. 
and that might that might be it here. Sebi Zavala might be the starting catcher, and Yasmani Randall might be the everyday first baseman. That, that's a lot, man. I mean, we're looking at that situation. It's I mean, not third, going yeah. to get better, Gabe. Yeah, I mean, we know that, though, right? I mean, we know that. We we know that the team coming in, they're they're trying to improve little things, and they they're like you mentioned, they can do it internally with Oscar Colas, and they can try to find a diamond in the rough like they did last year with Johnny Cueto and Mike Clevenger. I mean, that's what they're trying to do, right? They're they're, they're operating like a small market team, right? As if they don't have the money. They're trying to make cute moves that they think they can outsmart people. What a surprise! And and then they they try to they're trying to build it this way. But here, but the reality is this. We believed in that team last year, right? We believed in these same guys last year. Yasmani Grandal, who were, obviously we saw a bad year from him, but we, we believed in him. We believed in T.A. being consistently that 300 hitter. You know, we wanted Gavin Sheets to be the power guy. Oscar Colas, not, not there, but we believed in him, seeing how he was just mashing the ball, you know what I'm saying? So, like, things like that. So that gives me a little hope from the Sox because I'm always – because I guess I'm always looking for, Shane, I'm looking for, like, that, that Minnesota Twins year, right, where it's like – you just got some good baseball players that love it, play well, and make a run and, and surprise everybody. Like that's I, that's I feel like is the only recipe the White Sox have because they're not going to build a, a, a dominating team like you said with the money and you know via free agency and and making good trades. Like they're not going to do that, right? They they got to get lucky essentially, and and so so you're hoping like okay, well damn, maybe this works and maybe they. They end up being the Cleveland Indians of last year and, and you know, playing, even though it's still 500 baseball, but winning the winning the division, you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you're hoping for those things, and it just sucks. It does suck. But, but again, sometimes, you know, my old boss told me, sometimes you need a fresh coat of paint, you know, and it sucks to have what's, to go What's the fresh coat of paint in this situation? Oscar Colas? No, no. Well, the, get, the, the, this isn't a fresh coat of paint. Of Jose Abreu. The removal of Jose Abreu, right? That's that's it's not a fresh coat of paint. That's you just painted your house, and instead of keeping your walls clean every night that you make pasta sauce, you just throw it on the wall. Oh no, no, Jose Abreu was your fresh coat of paint, and you treated that paint like shit for nine <laughs> years. He did. God damn it, man. He did. But that's why they now they got rid of the wallpaper and now they're putting some new paint. They gotta have new leaders no. in the clubhouse. There's gonna be a new dynamic in there. You know, Gabe, I, mean? be different. I, I know what you're trying to say, but the White Sox don't put up fresh paint in 2022. They put up wood paneling. The White <laughs> Sox are your grandmother's unupdated, not updated basement. There's shag carpet. There's wood paneling. There's a pool table with with wrinkled felt. There yeah. is Budweiser that hasn't been refrigerated in 15 years sitting in the corner. Your yeah. the White Sox are the second refrigerator in your yeah. parents' house <laughs> in the garage. The old tan refrigerator where you put drinks. Yeah. yeah. That's it's the good. White Sox. It's good every it's good a couple times a year, but not it's not useful very much. Yeah, I mean it's tough. It's, it's, when you're looking at this White Sox team. It is tough, and they are that. They 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 are, they are not going to do a full full on remodel. They try to. They do piece by piece, but it still ends up looking the same. Do you know Do you know what happens today? What? You know what the the personal significance for me today is? Is your birthday? No, it's not my no. birthday. Uh, the first payment of my 2023 season ticket uh, plan automatically pays today. Automatically too. They just yeah. Come in and- 
hello, let me take this little bit yep. of money from you. Thank you. Yep. So for, for the next 10 months on the 29th, my season ticket payment will, will be automatically submitted. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. It's, um, I had an ex that, uh, that hit me with a cast iron pan one, oh. uh, one time. And obviously we're not together anymore. That was a horrible relationship, but it was a healthier relationship between she and I than my relationship with the White Sox. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was bipolar. Wow. That's uh if she was bipolar, the White Sox are fucking schizophrenic. Shane, tell me how you really feel about this white sox, dude. You're going through it. Here, let me let me give you a little bit of a repeat. Babe. Hey. Can we get a babysitter for the 10th? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. You got you got one. You got a babysitter for the 10th. This is the first time yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do something like this. Classy Christmas, baby. Oh, is that what it is? That yes, it, it's you gotta wear nice clothes. Oh, you heard that, babe? So we do wear nice clothes. That's what she's been wanting. And I'm like, I don't think so. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Shane's. Can we bring something? What'd you say? What'd you say, babe? Can we bring something? Do you need a dessert or a side dish? If, if, I mean, if you, if you want to. I'm going to smoke a couple pork shoulders and a brisket or something the day before and just put that in trays with, like, rolls and shit out like that. Um, might get some pizzas, but you don't have to bring anything. I'm bringing something. We're bringing something. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm excited about that, man. I told her, you know, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, babe, we never go out. We never do anything. I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity. Let's get a babysitter. It's a fun party, man. It's uh, I've been doing it for like, I don't know, this is probably my seventh or eighth. Um, it'll it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. Last year, it was a COVID uh, super spreader. About uh, 20 people from the party got COVID. So oh, glad, <laughs> gladly that's gone. I don't know if you heard COVID's over now. Yeah, yeah, we're boosted, babe. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, seriously, do, do you know anyone in your life that that's had COVID recently? Recently, no. Exactly, yeah, my mom. It's gone right around. No, my right mom. My mom. Your mom? Okay. Yeah. Well, who'd she vote for? <laughs> we don't talk politics in our house. <laughs> we don't talk politics. 